0: Hello and welcome to the show, Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars loving gays break down each episode of their favorite
1: Star Wars TV shows while also being gay as hell. I'm your host Bradley Brower. I'm your other host Charles Rogers, and uh, we we don't have we don't have news this week. We don't have a bit this week. I find I'm finding it very hard to come up with bits about this episode. There's there's not a lot for me here to work with. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's pretty much it. I mean, all I have is, like, the one little trivia thing that they put on Wikipedia about this episode, and that's the only thing I can talk about for this whole entire episode. I really don't have anything else.
1: I'm curious if your uh, your trivia thing is going to be also a thing that I mention.
0: Oh, is it about the mineral?
1: It possibly—I do have a note about the mineral. I do okay. have a note down here about it. I'm going to I'm going to try to not jinx us and I'm going to say that I expect this will be a short episode.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Which is good because last time we did a super long episode.
0: That's very true. So Who this knows? is kind of like a nice balance of...
1: This <laughs> is a breather. Well, I think that's the intent of the episode. I think that's why they put such a light episode right after the uh, the Truth and Consequences episode. And so. it's not like stuff doesn't happen in this episode. Stuff happens with the characters. There's just like not a lot of plot.
0: Right. I feel like it's a lot of setup for whatever is supposed to happen in the next episode. So it's not like... I have theories enough. about that. Okay. Yeah, we'll I have a that. theory
1: about that. But I don't think we have any uh super important news that i can think of off the top of my head uh the the sports ball game gave us some more mandalorian trailer but i I don't think there was anything that interesting that we're not going to cover in our our mando episode zero review right um i don't know we're talking about bradley's shelves i'm looking at the chopper that's directly above his shoulder now (laughs) that's how little i have to talk about i'm I'm willing to talk about bradley's star wars shrine that he. (laughs) (laughs) how many do you have bradley enough are you sure i I think so i'm
0: I'm pretty sure i have enough to the point where like they just announced like or they released a bunch for book of boba fett and one of them is a grogu and i was just like i'm not getting that one i can't there's just it's i'm done at this point because like it takes up too much space
1: (laughs) i appreciate your um, uh i appreciate your restraint it's character (laughs) development
0: it really is speaking of character development
1: And speaking of character development, Bradley, you want to take us into the episode?
0: Yeah, so this week we're talking about the ninth episode of the second season titled The Crossing, where the team tackles a risky mission on a hostile world. Charles, what is one thing you liked about the episode and one thing you did not?
1: Uh, One thing I liked, I'll mention a few specific points, but I liked that Hunter, Hunter and Tech, but particularly Hunter, got things to do outside of what normally we would see those characters doing, mm-hmm. uh, particularly Hunter, who is normally like the, the grumpy one, the I don't want to do this one. Uh, and then they, they get into the field and we rarely get to see Hunter like showing off the things that distinguish him from a normal clone. So I think it is really cool that he got some moments of that and he got some moments to show where he is as a character Uh, where he has grown over the course of the 20-something episodes of this show. 25 this is episode like 25 of the show or whatever uh and I also liked all the stuff with tech but we'll we'll talk about that uh one thing that I didn't like while I appreciate that this episode slowed down to let us have character moments I do wish there had been slightly more I guess I want to say impetus or drive to the episode maybe a sense of urgency was what I was looking for Uh, It felt very much like the entire point of the episode was they were moving from point A to point B. In terms of the plot, now we got a bunch of really good character stuff that I liked a lot, but the episode didn't feel as urgent as I think the situation needed it to be. Like they've lost the Marauder, they're running out of food, now they've lost their uh, Ipsium that they've got. So I think it could have used more of a sense of urgency. I think it could have used a little bit. They could have, as one of my college professors used to say, they could have raised the stakes more for this episode um and that was my thing that i didn't like bradley what about you one thing you liked and one thing you did not
0: i have to agree with you on the did not like i i think you're right it just felt like there was no oomph to the episode there was no like like oh no we're in immediate danger oh no we're in immediate this like i i felt like the stakes were kind of semi-low for what we were getting and i kind of felt like as the episode was going on i was like is there's supposed to be a conclusion to this episode. Like it kept going on and on and on. And I was like, aren't we supposed to have some kind of sense of like, completion by the end of this Apparently episode.
1: Apparently
0: not. Uh, yeah. And I, we didn't really get it. And that's why I didn't really like about the episode because I wasn't expecting it to be a semi two parter as well. So I was kind of like shocked by the end. I was like, oh, it just ends. And no, there's no resolution. One thing I liked, though, was, you know, this is, again, another tech character development episode slash let's pretend that this is a, not a tech season. I don't know why we're not pretending that this is the tech season of tech but it clearly is because he keeps getting all these like standout moments of here, I need to develop as a person. <laughs> so, so he's
1: going to die, right?
0: Yeah, that's my theory.
1: That he's going to die. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going to lose tech.
0: Yeah, my I told this to you off air, but I, I think that, you know, the whole Echo leaving the group is a, is a red herring to uh, tech dying. I think they're like, oh, Echo's leaving. So he must be the one that's going to go away at the end of the season. But I think they're kind of teasing us that maybe it's gonna be tech I, I don't know we'll see
1: all right well i guess let's dive into this episode uh, we're doing a Southwest vibe, like, immediately from the get-go. Like, with the plucked <laughs> banjo strings and the fact that this planet looks like the Southwest with the the big mesas and the rock formations. Um, they're really trying to invoke the Old West here. And even the the inciting incident of the plot where Sid buys a mine and then sends sight unseen and then sends some people to go look at the mine, that's a classic Old West plot. They're really leaning into it with this episode. Let's talk about that mine. Yes. You said uh, you had a fact about ipsium, uh, the mineral... they are mining.
0: Yeah I'm curious what your fact is or whatever your note is about it. So my note on Ipsium
1: was that Ipsium is new. Ipsium is completely new. We have never seen it in Star Wars before that I can find. However it might be a reference to lorem ipsum which is filler text uh, whenever you have like gibberish text that you have to include in it like a document like somebody picks up a document and it's just like Typed out, uh, and you can't barely see. The actual text that goes on there is called Lorem Ipsum, which it may be a reference to that. I don't know, Bradley might be about to correct me on that front.
0: You are very close. Almost right on the money, actually. Okay, so it is a pun by the writers. In Latin, ipsum is the inflection of ipsi, the third person singular reflexive form of a pronoun, IG, himself, herself, itself, etc. Thus, the characters literally go into the cave to find ipsum to find themselves
1: oh god damn it (laughs) that is a quote from
0: Wikipedia. so Um,
1: star wars
0: is that not hilarious or what so that makes the episode a little bit better star
1: wars oh i'm never gonna be able to shut up about that fact now yeah because i'm never gonna be able to shut up about that oh my god i love that that's great you're
0: you're gonna be the person who like when people are watching this episode be like um actually so yeah no i
1: am that person (laughs) no i am fucking exhausting to watch lord of the rings with. I am fucking <laughs> exhausting. There's a there's a joke in like Lord of the Rings circles, and particularly on TikTok, is like you you can't go through the two towers without somebody turning to the rest of the group during the scene where uh, Aragorn kicks the helmet and, and saying, you know, Viggo Mortensen broke two of his toes and that scream was because it's a genuine scream of pain and they left it in the movie. I'm that person. Yep. I'm that person that has to be like, did you know uh, this is really fascinating about this scene? Uh, I'm I'm exhausting to watch things with. Uh, I just am. That's who I am as a human person.
0: Well, there you go. That was your only fact for this episode, uh, which is an enjoyable fact, for sure.
1: It is is a fun fact. uh, A a literal fun fact. Not the phrase I say when I'm about to ruin everyone's day or waste their time. So we see somebody, like, who's disguised... Now, I thought that this person that's disguised that later sneaks onto the Marauder, I thought that that person, like, had, like, bluish-purple hair... Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I watched it again, and though those are feathers. So like this yeah, person, can,
0: feather color
1: can completely see it, like concealed from head to toe. We don't know who this is. I'm hearing some people say that it's Hondo, but I have a different theory, which I will talk about later in a minute.
0: Okay, yeah, because I'm looking at the picture now of the person, and they look like... uh, Yeah, I I actually thought Hondo, too, when I was watching it, but... They got the Hondo
1: color scheme, is the The thing. They're wearing the Hondo jacket. They're kind of... Like, they've got the brown helmet that kind of invokes Hondo's skin, so... Yeah,
0: it's not a close... Like, it's not super close, but it's close enough to be, I get where it, you know what I mean?
1: It's, It's a visual shorthand.
0: Yeah, I I like it. Well, and actually, that's why I was jokingly thinking like, oh, maybe this is like not an acolyte of Hondo, but maybe like his assistant or like one of his people or something. One of his pirates. Yeah, because maybe he'll show up in the next episode. That would be an interesting... uh... Again,
1: I have a theory, but I have one more note between... I have one note between this section when we first see the the person Mm -hmm. and my theory. I do like how they have not glossed over the fact that Omega, that uh, Echo has left and that Omega is very upset about it. Now I also like that Omega is really only like moping about it for this one episode, but I do think that it's It's more in line with her character to have an episode immediately following something like that, where she has to learn to deal with it. Uh, So I do like that a lot. Okay, here's my theory about who that is. Okay, cool. All right, we saw in the trailer, you remember the shots with all the kids in the mine? Yes. I think it's one of the kids.
0: I think so, too.
1: I think that they they've not left the planet with the Marauder. They're going to find some sort of like clue to lead them to the Marauder. And in the process, they're going to find like somebody who is trying to free these kids from this mine. And they're also going to find like very young clones in the mine or something. Uh, But if not, they're just going to find this mine. And that's going to be the plot of the next episode, Mm. which I believe is called The Outpost. Am I remembering that right? Oh,
0: uh, no. Next episode is called Retrieval.
1: Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. And then the Outpost is after that. And then Metamorphosis, Pabu, right. the Summit, and Plan 99.
0: Right. So I, well, and I think Tipping Point is in the retrieval.
1: Too. Um, so, so retrieval being the, the yeah, retrieval point of in the ship. The, right. the, the retrieval of the ship. Yes. <laughs> right. I think, I think that is the plot we're going for. That is yeah, my theory so. here.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. I, it, it seems, it's so obvious too, because it's like, we didn't know that the next one was called retrieval like they end this episode on such like an obvious like well they have to go get their fucking ship so
1: (laughs) yeah there's gonna be there's not gonna be an easy way out of this all right but i do like so they go into the mind we're, we're skipping over a lot of a lot of this because it's just like it's not there's a lot of character back and forth a nice little character moments and i want to stop every time somebody says a line and i'm like oh that's a really good line that's a really nice conversation i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to stop just right. assume if i'm not talking about a little character moment that I, I still liked it the ship gets stolen they end up having to walk i do like how there's sort of a subtle like Thing going on here where them being down a man i.e down echo really is hurting the team like they're trying to figure out who's going to do what they only have one person on lookout they end up having to leave wrecker who's not very good at it uh even though tech is kind of a jackass to him later repeatedly for a long period of time about losing the ship which i was thinking to myself like why can't they just leave wrecker at the ship no, they don't have enough people.
0: Right. That's yeah, what I they think
1: should have done if they had had Echo, they would have left one person at the ship, one person at look at, at the, the front of the line, right. And they would have Hunter and Tech and Omega would have gone in, but because they're down a person, they can't leave Wrecker back at the ship, which is what they probably should have done.
0: And I, I thought about it too. I was like, why don't they lock their ship? Like, I don't understand why that's not a thing in Star Wars. Like,
1: just uh, so the lock plot can happen. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. But like, presumably, yeah. presumably, whoever stole it sliced the lock because later on they have a conversation where Omega tries to find the transponder mm. and Tech's like, well, the transponder was disabled. Slicing is a, a relatively common ish thing. Gotcha in the Star Wars universe. That's my note on that. I also like when Hunter gets to Hunter, and by that means we have... So Hunter's whole thing, right, is that he has enhanced senses. That he's like a very good tracker, He's feels everything around him. I like how he has several moments in this episode, like when he's sensing the storm, uh, I think when he senses the the stampede is coming, right. I just like when Hunter has those little moments because otherwise it's like, why are you here? Mm, why yeah. are you with the rest of these? Other, clubs? other than like, just oh. being
0: the leader, yeah. other than
1: being the leader guy, right? Yeah yeah, 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 No, he has a. Alrighty, it's time for everyone's favorite segment: Whose goddamn white baby is that? Where I, a white person, tell you how how bad the whitewashing looks on my 4K HD TV in the dark. And my conclusion this episode was, yeah, they're pretty much continuing the trend from the last three. like yeah, there wasn't it's, anything. It's gotten better. There was never a point where I was like, oh, that person is incredibly super white. It's also not far enough. It's- it's the same thing. Like, I keep saying, we're gonna have to retire this segment here shortly, because it looks like they tweaked everything going forward. Yeah. But yeah, it's- it's fine. It's not as bad. Uh, it also does help that they spend a lot of this episode in caves. And I also do think it helps that they spend a lot of this episode- Episode in like a very orange environment, so it's not the glare isn't as strong on them as it would be in a place like Camino right. or Collar or Hoth. If they were to go to Hoth, that right. would be a problem.
0: Where they would literally be using white highlights to, where they would be washed the yeah, fuck yeah. out. Right, I think
1: right, right. the lighting is also helping the same as it did on Camino, on uh, cachet So mm-hmm. let let's get into the Lion King section.
0: The, the re-traumatization of half of America.
1: Did you have a visceral reaction to this, Bradley? Because I had a visceral reaction to this.
0: I, you know, I mean, other than the fact that this was literally taken straight out of this movie... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 a little bit of a a retreading of trauma for a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, 90s kids.
1: Yeah, if you were a kid in the 90s, you had a visceral reaction to seeing this scene happen. Right. Cuz I I certainly did. I was like, "My god." Anyway, they have the stampede and then the storm shows up and then they lose the FCM and all of this continues to go on and then they have this conversation in the cave and the thing I wanted to highlight here is I, I do like how Hunter is getting better at being the team dad because we saw in the early episodes of the show he didn't quite know how to relate to to Omega and he treated his team members just like soldiers. And we see this one not only him being completely in tune with what Omega mega is going through but we also see him talk to tech in a way that's much more informal than he would have spoken to tech at the beginning of the series and i do think that is that is cool that is a good way of showing how much he's developed as a character uh, i like tech's line i'm fully aware that you are capable of the task i I just love that line. I
0: I just like how tech is so matter of fact with everything. Like yep. he is so great. I, I, I do love when he does that stuff because it's hilarious on one hand, like, you know, on the other hand, it's very much like, no, he's not being rude. He just is that way. Like, we'll get
1: to that. And it it's, well, he, this episode has such a great explanation for why tech is the way he is. And like, it's such a good way of explaining it to children, the way that they do it in this episode, the way that they explain why does tech talk like that all, of the time like that's not a bit that's just how he is uh but we'll get we'll get there when we get there um my next note which basically covers everything uh but i noted it specifically when they're they so they threw a long and complicated series of events omega and uh at tech end up in a cave uh by themselves and my note is this is very pretty this whole episode is so damn pretty like my god the animation on the the lighting the animation the design of The entire area, like, can you imagine if they did this during Clone Wars, like early Clone Wars?
0: I could see, you know what's funny is the Bad Batch is kind of like episodes they would have weaved into the Clone Wars had they thought of it earlier. Like they probably would have been like, oh, let's do a couple of Bad Batch episodes mixed in with other episodes. Like, so you would have your Anakin episodes, you'd have your, you know, Bad Batch episodes, you know, you have a Kenobi episode, like they'd mix it all together. And I think it would be really interesting if they had done that.
1: Yeah, I was talking more in the sense of like the animation. Like, can you imagine how bad this would have looked if it had been done with like season one Clone Wars animation?
0: I mean, yeah, but still, it would have been the same plot. Well, (laughs) yeah, it would have have been the same plot. they they wouldn't have been able to come up with anything more creative which is why I was like "Mm, it seems like it's just mixed in like
1: yeah well I mean the bad batch overall as a series really just is like did you like clone wars here's more clone wars yeah it's an extension of clone wars it's an extension of clone wars the the entire point of it is like how did we go from the clone wars to this how do we go from clones to stormtroopers like that's the overarching plot of the entire show yeah how do we go from clones to stormtroopers and that is why I think that they're only getting three seasons and that the Palpatine speech was the halfway point. Yeah. of the entire show because now we get to see the consequences for that so Tech and Omega have that little conversation there's two things I really liked in this uh, I do like how Tech very much is on the side of if, if somebody makes a decision I'm going to respect that decision you know I don't agree with it it's the choice that they made and there's no sense beating myself up about that I really like that I also just really like Tech's explanation of like just because I don't process things the same way that you do doesn't mean I don't have any feelings at all like it's 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 so good it's such a good way of explaining that and I know that a lot of people who are uh, neurodivergent have come out and said that that is one of the best explanations that they've ever heard for that concept so I just I, I, I really like this scene. I think this is a really cool scene. 10 out of 10, no notes. <laughs> well, yeah. Other than the two notes that I had. They leave the cave. Uh, they manage to get to the spaceport, which is like this tiny decrepit spaceport. And they call Sid help. Pause, because we need to address something from our Bad Batch season one coverage. Okay. That we fucked up. Now, I haven't gone back and checked, but we've gotten some new listeners over the course of our Bad Batch coverage, which I think is neat. Awesome. Welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. But some of those people have gone back and actually have been listening to our season one coverage. Uh, And someone pointed out to us on Twitter that we forgot to mention that Rhea Perlman, who plays Sid, was in Cheers. Like, the whole casting gag of putting Rhea Perlman in this show as a bar owner is a reference to Cheers, and apparently I've never seen Cheers. I know that Cheers exists, but I haven't seen it. Apparently the Bolo and Catch, the two guys that always hang out in Sid's bar, are a reference to two guys who always hang out in the bar in Cheers. Oh, okay. So we missed that, apparently. (laughs) That's (laughs) on us. Uh, I thought I had mentioned that she was in Cheers, but in case we did not, uh, yes, Rhea Perlman as Sid is a giant reference to her being in Cheers. Got it. So that's a thing I had to bring up. Speaking of bringing things up, uh, they do bring up Roland Durand, which I thought was interesting.
0: I did catch that, and I thought, why would you randomly bring up Roland Durand? Now, they obviously, Malegi, that just Malegi happened, was so. earlier
1: this season, right. so they're, so they're that, referencing that because that, that, that just fine. happened. And then they bring up Roland Durand.
0: Right, which I thought, hmm, that's not not going to come up again. Uh,
1: I can see, I can see the Chekhov's gun on the wall. Yeah, I can see the gun that you've put on the wall. That's, mm, I see where you're going with this. This is going to come up.
0: Yeah, and also they're they're kind of leaning into that whole thing that Malegi said, which was, you know, Sid is only going to look out for Sid. It's she's not going to look out for you guys. And as we can see from this conversation, she's like, eh, like I'll come for you guys in a few
1: days. <laughs> yeah, just deal with it. She doesn't even want to come for them at all. She's basically like. Yeah, uh, I'm. I've got other plates spinning, and Tech has to be like, "Do you remember when we saved your ass? Not once, not twice, right? But multiple times." And she's like, "Okay, okay fine. Okay, fine. I will come and get you." Yeah, it Which really means, does reinforce that point,
0: point. and it means she's not gonna come get them because clearly in the next episode they're gonna get their shit back, and then they'll be like, "Okay, you don't have to come get us now." Like,
1: <laughs> or or she's gonna wait. They're gonna wait until she like literally shows up to be like, "Oh yeah, we got our shit back." In the meantime, sorry guys, and then my. final... Final note is just that uh, I like how Omega got her groove back by the end of the episode.
0: Yeah, because, I, you know, as much as I like the character development and you know, oh no, I'm sad, Echo's gone. Like, I don't want sad Omega for the ne- the rest of the season. You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I'm, I'm glad they gave
1: it to her for this
0: episode and that's enough. Like, she needs to be over it. She's an adult now. We needed
1: to do it. We needed <laughs> to do it because right. it would not have felt right otherwise. It would have felt inconsistent with the character. But I also do like that by the end of the episode, Omega is back in action mode. She's no longer going to be sulking around. And that she really did take to heart the things that Tech said about, we're going to figure this out. We always figure this out. Tech just has a lot of confidence. And that's the thing that I think it's overlooked about Tech a lot, is that he's very confident that they will find a solution. And Omega's like, okay, I'm going to take that behavior and I'm going to implement it on myself. And we're going to maintain a positive attitude and we're going to get out of this. All right. Do you have any final thoughts on the episode, Bradley? My final thoughts are ready to get our shit back.
0: Okay. <laughs> because uh, clearly the episode's not over. Uh it doesn't feel that way anyway. I I'm like I did they like not they didn't mean to do it. Did they mean to do this as another two-parter right after a two-parter? Like I don't it know. It is what, a weird
1: choice to do to do several two to do two two-parters in a row. Yeah. That is an odd choice cuz I it... think season season 1 they put one in between the Baraka two-parter and Yeah, because they had they almost had like a three parter Mm. in season one, they had the two Baraka episodes and then the episode uh, where Omega was captured. And then I think they went to Ryloth immediately.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It just, I feel like if, if the format of the show was two part, two part, two part, two part, then I would be like, whatever. But like, clearly that is not the case. And so this is, it's just a weird, it's just a weird choice. That's all. That's my final thought.
1: Yeah. My final thought is that, uh, I mean, this is an episode of television that I watched with my eyeballs and comprehended and I had a decent time watching it and I would not, chances are good that if this were not a two parter uh, in the future, it's the type of episode that I would be like, Oh, Oh, yeah, that episode happened. Okay, completely forgot about that.
0: I will say, though, I am disappointed that this episode was not about crosshair, even though it was called The Crossing. Uh, I thought that would have been very punny. Uh, unfortunately, it was not. Uh, however, I also don't know what The Crossing is supposed to mean in this episode. They should have just called this episode Lorem Ipsum.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that, too, when I was doing my notes. I was like, I wonder if if the idea of their crossing as in they're trying to cross the desert, but they don't make that really clear yeah it's it's not it's a weird episode title i yeah I don't I don't think I like the episode title what I do like about this episode a lot is how we've only had to spend 30 minutes talking about it as opposed to the three hours that we recorded last week
0: yeah I'm fine with that
1: so I'm feeling pretty good about the amount of time we've had to spend uh recording I have time at the end here to plug for Light and Dice a Star Wars TTRPG actual play podcast uh that I do uh DM'd by Chris from Dark Side Divas along with uh, Hope from J Guys and Jedi, uh, Jess from RuPalp's Bod Race, and our friend Colton and Nathan. If you go to the Four Light and Dice Twitter account, uh, you can actually find character cocktails that were made by Gold Squadron artist uh, Jordan. Actually, made some character cocktails that you can go and try out. So, if you want to have character cocktails based on those characters, we have those on the Twitter now. And I get to do a whole long promo because we don't have an episode much to talk about. This episode, that's it. Bradley, uh, do you have anything you want to promote? <laughs> do you want to promote your OnlyFans?
0: <laughs> no. Oh, actually, no. I don't think I'll promote it now, but. I- I do have a show coming out that I worked on. Uh, It'll be at the end of March, so Uh, I'll probably plug it towards the end of... Probably towards the end of Bad Batch slash beginning of Mando. I'll throw it in there somewhere whenever uh, that comes out.
1: Damn it! I was trying to trick you into revealing your OnlyFans exists. No. I have I have my theories, but I've never <laughs> gotten it confirmed. It's one of the great mysteries. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, go ahead, everybody. Check out uh, For Light and Dice, and maybe Bradley will plug his show that he is working on that's coming out. Uh, all right. And I guess we'll go ahead and run the socials. Thank
0: Thank you for listening to Gold Squadron Gaze. Did Charles fuck something up? Send us a message at goldsquadrongaze at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Gold Squad Gaze. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gold Squadron Gaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Gold Squadron Gaze, where we post the podcast as well as exclusive content. Please join us next week and every week for more of Gold Squadron Gaze. They never said the title name in the show, so you can't roll the credits. Like, I don't understand why they didn't do that. Thank God
1: for that. (laughs) Deprive you of that shitty joke.
0: I love that joke.
1: I hate you so much.